are listening to Lockdown Chats with City of London Symphonia, featuring Alexandra Wood in conversation with... And love it. Hello, everybody. A very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Alexandra. I'm the leader and creative director of City of London Symphonia. And today I am talking to Anne Lovett, one of our lovely violinists and also one of our mindful music leaders. Welcome, Anne. It's really lovely to see you after such a long time. Thank you. Lovely to see you too. <laughs> now, um, for those of you that don't know, um, every other Wednesday on our CLS Facebook page at 6.30, there's a live um, mindful music session. And depending on which uh, player from the orchestra leads the session, the focus is slightly different. Sometimes it's mindfulness, sometimes yoga, sometimes Alexander technique. Um, but we're, we're very lucky in the orchestra that we've got such talented musicians that also are interested in these other sort of facets of music and facets of life. Yours, Anne, are about mindfulness. I wonder if you could explain very basically for someone that's never heard of it or never practiced it before, what mindfulness is. Well, to me, mindfulness is really just about paying attention to where you are at any one given moment. So it's about being in the present moment and trying to pay really close attention to your senses. And that sometimes means separating senses. So sometimes at the beginning of a session, I might do an exercise called five senses where I ask people just, just to listen to the room and just to really hear things that they might not have heard if they weren't actually positively focusing on their listening and so you can go through the sense the, the senses so looking for things that and again around the room that you might just not have seen if you weren't actually physically telling yourself to to look and there's a lovely one to do is mindful eating where you really consider what you're eating and consider its journey and its its color shape texture and you take the smell and you do all this preparation before you actually eat and I can tell you it's you really get the, the um, digestive juices going. And when you do actually eat, the, the sensation is just incredible because you've given it that intensity of focus. And, and that's, I suppose, really what it's about. And right now, when we really need self-care, it's, it's also a really useful way to get into meditation and um, you know, mindfulness in general, in general it allows us to stop and to think and to appreciate where we are now, right in the, actually the present moment. So that, that's it in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> I'd be intrigued to know, how did you discover mindfulness yourself? And, and, and then how did that lead on to uh, being a practitioner of mindfulness and taking sessions? Mm -hmm. Well, I've always been interested in, I suppose, a more spiritual side of life, but um, partly this this came about through my training as a homeopath. Um, so I went back to university when my children were tiny and um, qualified in 2009 as a registered homeopath. And that has brought me into contact with an, a lot of what I call normal people, not musicians. Um, and I've been really privileged to be able to give a safe space to people to come and talk about their a lot of issues. And what I've found... Um, quite disturbingly really in the last 
well, in fact, the whole of my practice, I've seen a huge number of children and young people with stress, stress disorders and depression and anxiety, panic attacks, you name it. And it made me, it's made me take a really long, hard look at how we educate people and what we expect of people in society today. And this, this doesn't just go for schools, but right through to work. You know, the whole issue of well-being and self-care is, is sometimes a bit too far out of sight. And there's a lot of pressure on young people, particularly now, to fit into a particular model of what they should be doing at school. And, you know, everything seems to be about achievement, achievement, achievement. And we seem to have lost sight a little bit about life itself and um, being young and enjoying being where we are. And I wanted to do something to try and help to address that. So I offered to go into to my children's comprehensive school, which is up in Tring in Hertfordshire, um, to try and pick up children who'd been through counselling and yet still felt they couldn't really cope with exams and pressures and life. And so the school were very receptive to that and their counselling team asked me to go in and give a session of mindfulness to all the staff, which at first I thought, oh, goodness, how can I do this? And I did a, a crash course in mindfulness and gathered to get all the, the thoughts together that I'd had and produced a session that I delivered to the staff, and they loved it. And it just so happened that a number of weeks later, I was at a meeting in St Paul's Cathedral with the whole of the orchestra, which we have every year, and the chief executive, Matthew Swan, said, now we'd like to do something to do with mindfulness. Has anyone got any ideas? And the room was completely silent. And I just sat there thinking, this is it. This is this is what I've been doing. I must put my hand up. So I did. And Matthew very generously said, this is your project, develop something. And so we, we went and had fantastic support from the team at CLS, particularly Fiona Lambert, who's and Zach, who's sadly left us now, but a really strong team in the office who have developed this approach with me. And yeah, they've been fantastic. And it was so successful in the last 18 months uh, with the delivery of, of presentations to probably over 3,000 people that uh, we began to invite other people in the orchestra who, who, like me, have another sort of skill. Because for me, it falls in between my work as a therapist and my work as a musician. And this music and mindfulness becomes uh, something for me that's a bridge between those two things. And I've really enjoyed exploring all the possibilities there are to, to reach people's well-being in a new way that involves sort of both sides of my skill. And we looked for people in the orchestra who also had um, sort of double skill set, if you like. So we've been fantastically lucky that uh, we've got Jane Carradine, who's an Alexander Technique teacher, joining us now as part of the team and delivering really insightful um, presentations, which are all about the, the body as coming from her skill set. And also Ruth Gibson on who's a viewer player in the orchestra, who's, who's a yoga teacher, and again, comes with all the knowledge that you gain from working with the body and with yoga, meditation. So I think we're a really, really strong team, and there's more people in the orchestra still waiting the wings to join us, and we just now need the, the lockdown to end, and we can flood the world with this wonderful music is therapy kind of vision and hopefully get more people on board.
For those of you that haven't seen these sessions on Facebook, you can watch Jane and Ruth and Anne um, anytime you like. You just need to go to our website and follow the links. So if 6.30 on a Wednesday isn't good for you, that's no excuse. You can access it whenever you like. <laughs> um, I suppose like any great idea, it seems very obvious in hindsight. Uh, but I wonder uh, what it is that you think about music and mindfulness that work particularly well together, that when they're married together, you can create a really good session out of them. Mm. Well, I think because music is so therapeutic and proven as therapeutic, and mindfulness is obviously so therapeutic, and meditation, because the, the three things are really combined in, in the sessions that we do, um, there's such a, a rich vein from every side of the, those things to to draw on, and, and in music, it's it's just a great opportunity to be allowed to chosen to choose some repertoire, and to perhaps look behind the music, look at the maybe the philosophy of the composer, maybe the circumstances in which the piece was written, um, maybe just actually physically relate the music to the body as you can so easily do with structure and pulse and rhythm um, and relating music to meditative techniques is, is easy really it's just a matter of um, digging out the right things that are relevant to people and you know making that circle of energy with the audience and I must say that at the moment in lockdown that, that's the thing I'm really missing the most is the connection that we have with our public. Um. For someone that hasn't been to one of your beautiful sessions, can you sort of explain the format, explain what, what, what they might expect? Yeah, I think they can expect to deeply relax. That's one of the main things. It's, it's certainly possible to change your body chemistry just through breathing and relaxing in the right way for even just for a few minutes. Um, hopefully they'll learn something about maybe a couple of different pieces of music, perhaps appreciate them in a new way, see them in a new way, listen to them in a new way. Um, I'm hoping that I'll, I'm passing over mindfulness exercises that people can take away and do at the office desk um, and maybe begin a meditative practice for themselves with, with easy exercises that I'm giving people and giving people a space to come together and do something that's really quite simple and can be taken out of the room and applied. That's the really important thing is that we just keep remembering to close all the multiple tabs on the computer, walk away from the screen every now and again, take a few breaths, connect with why we're doing what we're doing and, and remember to live a little bit and not just work, work, work. So it's, I think the whole session would, would all be, every session would be guiding people towards that goal. And um, hopefully in an interesting way and through the orchestra, of course, there's the most fantastic musicians. So it's like having a really intimate concert where you get to see really close up what people are doing. Um, it's the opportunity for questions and answers. Um, and there's, it's just a very immersive, um, quiet, time but not always quiet sometimes the music is really passionate it doesn't have to be meditative music that we're working with um there's, so there's a lot you can get out of it and the the sessions i try and take people from a kind of warming up place into something quite deep maybe a, a, a long slow meditation and then coming back out again at the other end with some some music 
but every session is different and the purpose is really for relaxation and general well-being. Actually, I have very fond memories of um, doing one of your sessions at the concert in Southwark Cathedral. I remember um, you spoke about um, a piece of Arvo Pet, and uh, it was the perfect preparation, actually, before a concert, uh, just to calm yourself, to find a bit of space, which are things you should probably always do, but it's difficult in normal life. You know, it's um, very often you've got to go and move the car, or you've got to eat, and you've got to get changed, and do all these sort of mundane things. I remember that. I remember feeling very centred, very calm before the actual show. But also it was lovely to uh, be sort of partaking of this mindfulness with the audience. And you very mm. rarely get the chance to be um, together with the audience like that before a concert and to be doing something with them like that. I thought that was quite special. It sort of broke down the barriers mm. a little bit between the musicians and, and those listening to the music. So I, I remember that very, very vividly. It was a special moment for me. Um, I wonder, because you are a musician and a performer, how mindfulness has impacted the way you listen to music or the way you learn music or perform music, or, or are they quite separate things? Do you have to keep them compartmentalized a little bit? No, um, I think it's made me appreciate much more. It's made me appreciate my audience much more. <clears throat> Um, when I listen to things, I'm always looking for ways I can, I might be able to um, put something new across to an audience. Um, it's made me less insular about my own technique and my own, you know, every violinist worries about the perfection of how they're playing and how they're judged and how they're observed. And I'm trying to step away from that. And I think the mindfulness practices help me to just realize how, how what a gift it is to be able to play music and how how fortunate we are to be able to give that to people and and to get something back and like you were talking about preparing before you go on stage and um i've just finished reading jesse norman's autobiography which is just wonderful it's called stand up straight and sing and it's full of wonderful stories but she talks about waiting uh, in the wings preparing to go on and she she just talks about um, being quiet as the most important thing for her before she performs and she talks about feeling as if she's flying on a flow of air because her breath is such a natural process for her singing is, is such a natural process for her and um, that I think you could say that she was doing something mindful just before she went on because she's really just coming into herself and finding her breath and that can really change your body chemistry and and help to um well it helps certainly to bring the the fight or flight response which rears up in all of us when we're nervous it helps to bring that under control and yeah it can be very very helpful as a performer and i've certainly noticed my attitude to playing has changed i think hopefully for the better now, very often um, you're perhaps limited in what you can, the repertoire you can choose, depending on which instrumentalist you have at hand or what music we happen to be performing. And I know that during <coughs> lockdown, you've been working on some uh, episodes of your own in a way. And I wonder for those, uh, are you able to choose very freely the repertoire? And if so, is there a particular repertoire you're drawn to um, in particular that works especially well with mindfulness or can anything? be combined um, for a good mindfulness mm. session? 
Well, I think you could play anything at all. And sometime with, sometimes with the, the big sessions we were doing in London before lockdown, it was great to start with a really upbeat piece and finish with a really upbeat piece to just to energize everyone because that's a lovely way to begin and end and to introduce the music. So any music is fine. Um, we, we did some uh, music where we, we chose um, the Messian Quartet for the End of Time clarinet solo for, for one session, which I remember being incredibly beautiful and really well received and difficult contemporary music, playing it to people who've maybe never experienced Messian. Um, Messian is a huge favourite of mine, and I would love to, I'd love to hear you play the uh, Louange, the Immortality of Jesus, the, the last movement. That would be the most incredible piece to do in a mindful. I'd love to take a whole bunch of young children into the middle of a big orchestra and sit them down and play the Adagio from Mahler 5 or something and really open their ears and their senses to that incredible thing going on. I mean, we're so lucky as musicians that we get to sit right in the middle of that immense mm. sound world. And I would just love it if we could get young people more and more involved at a younger age in orchestras. And um, I'm trying to think if I'm really listening to anything. I, I tend to be listening to things um, with a research head on. So um, I gave myself the challenge in lockdown of doing seven videos um, just to build up my resources for music and mindfulness. And I'm just up to number three now. I've, I've, there's two on YouTube already. So I've done uh, standing meditation with playing some Bach. And I was trying to think how I could work with music on my own. So I just recorded the aria from the Goldberg variations. I recorded um, myself playing the cello part and myself playing the violin part. So it's, it's now a violin duo. And then the second one I did, I did a walking meditation. I was looking for a walking bass. And I was very lucky that I had a lovely cellist who lives close by who came and I recorded uh, the air on a G string for me, which has a lovely walking bass. Um, so that was that was great. This time I'm on day three and I'm, it's going to be all about diaphragmatic breathing. So I'm doing a, a section on physiology because it's really important to understand your body and understand where everything is and why it works the way it does. And I've got a lovely animation I've been developing um, with an animator in Madagascar of all places. And it's nearly finished. And I've got a couple of clips that are going into my day three YouTube video. Um, but diaphragmatic breathing, so it's all about singing and the voice, hence my research and reading about Jesse, Jesse Norman. And I'm so lucky that my husband's worked very, very closely with her. So I've got lots of inside knowledge about her. And even luckier, I have her last accompanist, Mark Markham, um, performing with me in day three. So he's just sent me the accompaniment for Morgan by Strauss, um, all the way from Pennsylvania. And he's just recorded it on his, on his phone. And I'm going to put it into my sort of home studio and put down the violin track. And my husband is going to sing the vocal part on the flugelhorn so that it's just we're just trying to be inventive about how we can still work in the situation we're in at the moment and i'm really excited about that because i listened to mark's clip 
last night. He sent it. And both Mike and I sat with tears in our eyes, not just because he plays the piano so beautifully, but just for the, the music is extraordinary. And um, all the the memories that Mike has working with Jesse. So, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really special project. And I'm trying to make each project I do something that really is, means a lot to me and hopefully then it'll mean a lot to the people watching I'm sure it will it sounds amazing I'm, I'm going to uh, must let me know when it comes out I mean, I mean the focus is very much on live music isn't it and on you being involved in the performance do you think that's um what makes the mindful music that, that you offer different from perhaps other mindful mm -hmm. sessions in that the music can always be live and you can give the performance perspective. Um, whereas, you know, you could easily put a CD on of something. Do you mm. think that adds to the experience? Yes, oh, definitely. And one of the things that we learned through performing in Soho House at White City, when we had audiences of up to about 160 in the room at a time, we got a lot of really good feedback about them being, well, if we, if we sat the group right in the middle of the, of the audience they would all be so close and often we spread musicians through the room or had musicians walking around i remember alison hayhurst walking around playing syrinx from memory and it's just beautiful and so people are getting a really close-up look at, at the musicians and appreciating actually what incredible teamwork goes on when you make music and so that's just another dimension that it's a bit harder in a concert hall when people are up on a stage now, CLS is really good at this, at, at performing in a way that brings the audience in. I, th I think the, the comfortable classics of, and having people lying on cushions and having a bar and just having a more relaxed approach is really fantastic. And this has to be the way forward. Because I think in some ways, the, the old-fashioned put your tail tails on and go up on that stage, it, it's had its time in, in many ways, I think. And there is always going to be a little bit of an alienation alienation um, in doing that to to certain people. And I think with with very young people as well, that that might be a barrier. So definitely having live musicians in the schools and in the hospitals, the way that we do in CLS is really essential. And, and that I think we do it really well as an orchestra. Thank you, Anne. It's been it's been lovely to talk to you so That's many amazing ideas and um, <laughs> great to hear about mindfulness as a concept of mindfulness and music and i really would urge um any people listening to this chat or watching this chat do go and, and check out the sessions they um i've i've looked at all, all of them so far and they really are very helpful particularly in this these times which is sort of you know high stress and anxiety for lots of people mm. so please do go and check them out and thank you Anne. i look forward to doing another live <laughs> mindful session with you very, very soon. Thank you for yes. joining me. Thank you very much. Thanks.